for us this morning. Uh, I've been speaking to uh, Mike Burns, Brother Mike Burns, one of the deacons of the church, uh, for a number of months. And man, if, if any of you have not yet met Linda and Michael, uh, that you're missing out on a great blessing. Mike and Linda have been, have been um, just a staple to Graceway Church. And one thing that is absolutely amazing about these two is in, 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 they've faced so many physical, like health struggles, trials that have come their way. And every single one of them has not been able to wipe away the smile from their face, from giving God the glory that today they are here breathing again, they can say his name again. And it's been amazing to see how they're constant in their faith to God, where they could easily, like Job going through and his wife said, just, just, just give up and die. But they stand and say, God is good because I'm here. And the way that they serve the Lord and the way that they serve one another is absolutely an inspiration and a lesson that we all can learn from, that no matter what we're facing, there's more beyond. Like the word reminds us, lift our eyes to the hills because we're here and we're here with purpose and the goodness of God will always surround us. And so the Lord has been working a special message um, really in Mike's heart and mind for a number of months. And this morning he is here. He's going to come and share with us what the Lord has been showing him. So Deacon Mike, thank you so much for coming and being willing to share with us today. It's all yours, brother. Okay, before we start, I always do this, and I think it calms my nerves more than the people who are listening to me. I do a thing called Twisted Trivia. And for those of you, I'm going to do one that I did about a year ago when I preached. So if any of you remember it, don't spoil it for the rest of them. Okay. In the scriptures, who are the three smallest men in the Bible? Okay, I'm going to give you the answer now so we can get on with the sermon. The third from the first. The third is, of course, Zacchaeus. Remember the tax collector? Okay. He was always borrowing money because he was always a little short. So he's the third one. The second was that great prophet in the Old Testament, Nehemiah. And of course, Luke 22 tells us who the smallest man in the Bible, and that is Peter, the apostle, who in chapter 22 fell asleep on his watch. <laughs> Got to be pretty small to fall asleep on your own watch. Okay. That's it, I promise. <laughs> okay, I want to share something this morning that is far from trivial, and I want to share about healing. I believe, and I believe for months, that healing, a healing ministry with healing teams is going to be coming to Graceway Community Church. He's, he's getting it set. He has for months. I keep praying on it, I keep asking him, and I keep hearing when the time is right. You'll know when, it, when it's coming. Then the last thing I heard was, look for the signs. And about a month ago, month and a half ago, our brother Mike, who I don't believe is here tonight, with the two healed knees, there was one of the signs. 
Linda with her heart valve damaged. And we were told by Christine Rainey that once that's damaged, that cannot be healed in the natural. We all know her valve was healed on her last cardiac appointment. There's sign number two. Pastor Red and I have been talking about this for weeks and months. And I told him what I felt, and he said, yeah, I believe you're right, but we'll just wait on the Lord and see what time, when the time is right. And I prepared a little bit of, of a sharing more than a sermon. And I told him, when you feel it's right, then I'll deliver it. And he kind of shocked me. He said, November 25th is the day, brother, so get ready. And I was only about halfway through. So healing. Healing coming to Graceway. Not just, I mean, we've had healings before in here, but I'm talking about a real strong wave of the Holy Spirit and, and of the presence to heal. But before we talk about healing, I want to address the issue of suffering. Because without suffering, there'd be no heal, need, uh, need for healing. So I'm going to do some more sharing and some things about during my walk with healing and how God has touched me in that gift. Okay, as I read the list here, there are many types of suffering. There's physical suffering, which is, of course, anything from fevers to cancer to back problems to neck, head problems, headaches. We can go on and on. There's emotional suffering, which is depression, anger, confusion, stress, someone going through a divorce, someone with problem children or problems with the spouse. Maybe you have a wayward child that's kind of left God and you're, and you're a Christian and it's, you're suffering with it. It's breaking your heart. There's also suffering for someone else. Scripture says that when one suffers, we all suffer with them. So it could be a church member, a relative, close friend. It could be maybe your wife is ill. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's ill. So there are all kinds of sufferings. There's also a spiritual suffering, which I'm not going to go into detail. I might have a teaching on healing if, if the Lord allows it and if Pastor Red allows it. And I promise I'll teach you everything I know, which means the class will probably be 20 minutes. But I'll, I'll do a class on that, but suffering spiritually. I'm talking, we're talking about the uh, Gadarene demoniac, right? Legion. There are some people who are de demon-possessed. And at the last church I was at, or the church before that, where healing was so prevalent there, we actually did deliverance ministry. If anybody knows anybody who needs deliverance ministry, let me know and I'll contact Father Paul Boardman, who's the head of that. I, I was assisting, but I would definitely not want to lead that. It's a real hairy ministry, deliverance. There's another sign with the church that we actually had some deliverance not de demonic possession, but demonic oppression. About a month ago, I think you said, Pastor Ed, that there was actually some deliverance ministry. Demonic possession cannot affect a Christian. Let me share that right now. There can be demonic oppression. A demon can oppress a Christian, but he cannot possess a Christian since our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. There's no way that a demon can sit there with the Holy Spirit inside of us. There's also, and it's more common than we think, inner healing. 
healing of the past. Um, there are so many things that have happened in our lives in our younger years that may have affected us. And if anyone was here Tuesday, Dr. Mike touched on that. It was incredible. It was like God was setting me up for today. Um, so many people are hurt by their past, and it really does affect our lives, even to this day, from what happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. Now, all these sufferings, all of them can be reversed through God, through healing. There's not one suffering that anyone endures that God can't turn around. As I said, uh, I think when I did the little giving piece a few weeks ago, that I was, um, this, the next month I'll be 40 years since I've met the Lord. And I was a Christmas baby. I was born again December 25th, 1978, 9 o'clock in the morning. Didn't plan it, he did. That's when I became a Christian. Just like Lynn and I are both jokesters. And we were born April, uh, married April Fool's Day. That wasn't planned either, was it, dear? It just happened. God just gave us that day. So I became a Christian in December, and I was told, just read, read all you can. Read your scriptures, pray. Devote your time to the Lord. Don't get into anything specific. So for a year, that's all I did. I just read my Bible. I prayed. I read different books on different topics. Well, one morning, mid-morning, my mom called me over to the dinner table, had me sit down, and she said, uh, I had a visitor today, May Cavallo. May is a good Catholic person who was also, a, I don't know if I'm saying it right, a prophetess, a female prophet. And my mother was talking to her about how wonderful Ken was, my brother Ken, how he was his life was totally turned around, and, and now he's a pastor of a church in Holyoke. And she was going on and on bragging about Ken. And after she got through, May said, yep, all the things that happened to your son, Ken, are marvelous. She said, but let me just tell you about Michael a minute. And she says, yeah, Michael's known the Lord for over a year now. She said, he's going to do even greater things. He's going to be a healer. And she shared that with me, and I'm like, oh, come on. I, and I, all I could think of was these charlatans, you know, they set up tent meetings, and they get people to think that, you know, oh, I'm crippled, and they're not really crippled, you know, just a show. I said, I'm really don't, not interested in that. She said, I'm not talking about the stuff you see on TV. I'm talking real healing. That's what she said, it's real healing. And I'm like, well, when I see it, I'll believe it. And she says, well, you're not going to believe it until you try it. When you try it, then you see it, and it'll help you. So about two weeks later, my cousin Doreen and her children came down from New Jersey. Or is that up from New Jersey? I'm poor with directions. They came from New Jersey to visit us. They had this little son, his name is Gene, Gene Robert, and he had cerebral palsy. He was like eight years old, and he had like a cast on his legs and a little bar that went between the legs and he was so sweet and adorable but yet so pathetic at the same time still hadn't talked eight years old 
And my mother talked Doreen into having me pray over him. And um, after she said yes, and it took a while because her son didn't want anyone touching him. If anyone touched him, he'd start screaming. That's the way he was. So it took a while to talk Doreen into it. She says, okay, well, now I have to do is talk Michael into it. So she told me about it, and I said, okay, let's try it. She said, that's what she told me to do. She says, try and see what God does. You know, you've had that word six months now. Try it. So they brought Gene, and they put him on the bed on his stomach in the parlor. They had a makeshift bed so because we had visitors. And of course, two heads were sticking outside the curtain, watching everything. Especially Doreen, because she was very fearful about Gene and how he would react. So I started praying silently, and part of the prayer was, Lord, what do I do? I, I, I don't know the first thing about what to do. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, put your hand on his back, the middle of his back, and just bring your hand on his back. So I started to do that as I was praying, and instead of Gene screaming, he started laughing. He was giggling. He was making noises like excitement laugh. And Doreen said to my mother, which I found out later, I don't believe this. He usually screams. So I did that just for a couple of minutes. And then we were done. We put him back in. Stayed a couple of days. She went back home. The surgery was like three, four days from the time I prayed for him. So that day, I prayed for surgery, prayed the doctors would, you know, would um, be blessed and be anointed and, and um, do a good job on his spine. His spine was curved, and it was starting to affect the organs. It was, start, it was so curved that it, was, it wasn't like curved and that's it. It was continuing to curve, and it was, so that was the need for the surgery. So she called, and my mother told me, she said, Doreen called today. And she was in tears. And I said, uh oh, this is what happened. She says, they had to postpone the surgery. And I said, when are they going to reschedule it? And a faint smile came to my mother's face, and she says, they're not. They took x rays. The spine was straight, <laughs> totally straight. So I'm just, I was in amazement, I was even overwhelmed. I'm almost overwhelmed as I'm sharing it. And my mother said, okay, you see it. What are you gonna do now? You gotta continue to walk in it. And so I did. And it was like two weeks later, my nephew was going for surgery because his retina was detached. And we prayed for him during the Bible study. And then I said, Lord, I want you to bless the doctors, but I'm stepping out. Heal his eye. Please heal his eye. And my sister-in-law had so much faith that when they went to the doctors that day for surgery, she said, before you touch that boy, I want you to take an x-ray. And he says, well, his x-rays and his, uh, his surgery is in like 10 minutes. She says, I have the funny feeling he's not going to need it. He says, take an x-ray, please. And she did. And the retina was attached back to the eye. 
Now, I wish I could go on and on and tell you that these, these happen daily, or, but they didn't. But I'm just trying to pick some of the really cool things that God has done using me for healing. The greatest healing, I think, is when someone comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. The healing of the soul. There is no greater healing. I mean, I need some healing in every which way, but Sunday, so does my wife. But we've got that special healing that we, we both know the Lord. And that's, that's the greatest healing. Um, another thing I want to share is sometimes God will use other gifts to do, to do healing. He'll give you all kinds of gifts. Words of discernment, word of knowledge. He'll give visions. He'll do all kinds of stuff to achieve his purposes in, in healing. So a week after that, we had another Bible study. My sister's girlfriend, Carol, was there. Carol went to the studies. She wanted to learn, but she felt that God was the pie in the sky, you know, and he wasn't close. He wasn't really real. He was like a, a fictional character, like superheroes. And I was sharing with her about Jesus and trying to get her to realize how important he was in her life. And she says, well, I believe in God, but I, the, the, the Jesus thing, I'm not quite sure about. So then I had a prophetic word for her, and I said, Carol, I said, God wants you. He's jealous for you. He's hungry for you. He wants to, you to come into the fold. And he's going to stop at nothing. So let me tell you something. I believe that God, this week, is going to send a circumstance that's going to open your eyes. When the circumstance is through, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to realize he's real. And you might even come running to me and say, how do I, how do I ask Jesus into my heart? So she laughed, and she said, okay, okay. So that was Sunday after church, in the afternoon. That Sunday night, my sister Mary was called. And she says, Mike, and she was crying. I said, what's wrong? She said, Carol's niece is in a coma. She's eight years old. Well, what was wrong with her? She says, nothing. She just collapsed. And now she's in a, a coma. She's, Carol asked if you'd pray for her. So I started to pray. And then I said, I, I actually started chuckling. And my sister said, I don't think this is very funny. I said, no, you don't get it very well. This is the circumstance that I told her God was going to send her. I said, she's going to be fine. I know she is. Nevertheless, we'll pray, and we'll just continue praying throughout the week, however long it takes, till she comes out of the coma. But this is the circumstance that I spoke to her about. So we prayed five minutes or so. And then God gave me a vision. And I didn't understand the vision, but I told my sister, I said, I'm getting a vision. I don't really understand it. So she says, okay. She says, tell me, maybe I might figure it out. I said, I'm, it's like a, I'm looking into this hospital room, and the bed is empty. And off to the right is Suzanne, that was the little eight-year-old. And she's kind of crumpled in a chair. She's like, got her knees. You know how girls can sit? They pull their knees up. And I looked at her, and I said, Suzanne? And she looked up in my direction, and she said, Mommy, I want ice cream. And my sister said, now what the heck is that supposed to mean? I said, I told you I didn't understand it. I'm just telling you the vision. Sometimes I'll get a word or a vision. I have no idea what's going on. 
I said, but tell Carol about the vision, tell her about we prayed, bring her some comfort. I said, okay. Friday around five, my sister calls me. And she said, I just want to let you know that Carol called me. Suzanne's out of a coma. She came out this afternoon. I said, fantastic. She says, yeah, Eileen called her. That was Carol's sister, Suzanne's mom. And she says, yeah, she just, I, I can't understand it, Carol. She says, I went into the room, and there she was sitting in the corner in a chair with her legs all crunched up. And you'll never guess what she said. And Carol said, Mommy, I want ice cream. How did you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. So I told the doctor, the nurse, get us some ice cream. Well, Sunday morning we had a study. There's Carol, first one there. She told me all about it again. And she said, we doing the study now? I said, in about 10 minutes. She says, come here. You've got to tell me how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to ask Jesus in my heart. But you've got to do it. And so we did. I brought her to the Lord. Then we had the Bible study. And she, she was so psyched up. So that was where he used visions to achieve his, his goal that she came to know the Lord, which is the greatest healing. Just one more thing I'll share, and that was on a Monday night, we used to have one prayers, and I think it was a cross point, and they had just moved. And as I said, I'm terrible at directions. Terrible. You are probably looking at the only person who got lost with the GPS. <laughs> I am awful with directions. Oh, thank you, Beverly. I'm not alone. And um, so I called a dear friend. He's still a dear friend of mine, Will Kaya. I knew he was going that night. And I said, uh, Will, I said, uh, I plan on going tonight. Are you going? Oh, of course I'm going, Michael. I says, can you give me a ride? And he said, okay. Setting up shop, setting up business. He said, I'll give you a ride under one condition. I know you like to scatter out after the service and go to sleep, you know, go to bed and go early. But if you're going with me, I'm, we're staying. There's prayer time afterwards. You're going to get involved with it. And I said, okay, that's a deal. So we went together. And the service was great, and they started praying over people. And he was praying over this uh, young woman, I guess in her early 30s, who went down in the spirit. And all of a sudden, Linda Schwiemann, the dear sister of Christ, was there, and she kept running over to me. She says, Michael, Michael, will you pray with us for this young lady? And I said, yeah, I guess so. I was just sitting there waiting for them to leave. That's how in, out of tune I was to healing at that time. And uh, that's okay. So you know, we're, we're praying for her. And all of a sudden, I'm getting a word of knowledge. And it, it just totally threw me. And I'm listening, and I'm listening. And then I said, in my, in my heart, I said, Lord, do you plan on healing her of, of this? And he said, yes. I said, okay, that's all I wanted to know. I walked up to the girl, and I worded it different. I said, uh, so-and-so, I don't want to give her name because a lot of people you might know her. I said, so-and-so, I said, 
a traumatic thing happened to you when you were 13 and a half. And I want you to know that God is healing you right now of that memory, of that part of your past. And she, all the forces came out. She was weeping and crying and sobbing. And she said, when I was 13 and a half, I was raped by a relative. Exactly 13 and a half. And she was like, and she just was in total peace over the healing, the inner healing. And that's a rare thing. God doesn't usually use inner healing in that way. But he did that night. And then when we continue to pray with the people, she asked if she could speak with me. She sat down and she said to me, God told you the whole story, didn't he? I said, yeah, he told me you were raped at 13 and a half. He said by a relative. And she said, I thought so. She says, I just felt that I was healed because all this time I was to blame. And I said, yeah. I said, your relative probably said that you brought, brought him on, you were the aggressor, yada, yada, yada. And I said, the truth is within the healing, so-and-so, I said her name, the truth within the healing is anything that we've experienced in the past, God has already gotten rid of that. He's already forgiven us because the blood has taken care of that. The biggest problem is we don't forgive ourselves. And that's what makes it a wound. That's what makes it fester. And it just, just goofs up your whole life as you go down the road. So we talked for a while, and she, she was very touched because of that. Uh, one thing I want to do share with you, and I believe I'm right in this, is if you weren't healed because someone prayed over you, and they said to you, that's because you don't have enough faith, you have my permission to kick them in the shins. Okay? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I know in Scripture it says that there were so many miracles that Jesus didn't do because of their lack of faith, and there were times he's healed people and said, your faith has saved you. But I have laid hands on people who didn't know Jesus from a hole in the ground, and God healed them. So where's the faith there? Okay? I mean, they believed in the Easter Bunny more than they believed in Jesus, and yet they were healed. So the question is, why aren't some people healed? I don't know. It's one question I wish I could answer to, but I have no idea. But you know what? That information belongs to God. Right? It's not your problem. It's not my problem. All our, we have to do is to be obedient to God, to lay hands on people if they don't get healed. You know, we're not responsible for success. We're just responsible for obedience. And if he tells us to lay hands on someone, and we do, and nothing comes of it, that's, that's a mystery that God, only God can, can answer. Sometimes, sometimes timing is important. I prayed over people and they got well a day later or hours later. They didn't get healed instantaneous. There's three types of he healing. Instantaneous healing, gradual healing, and no healing. But I want you to think about something. Um, I'm going to read this real quick. I know we're running short of time here because I have a little, that's right, it has a little surprise for us here. Um, but in Acts 3, 1 through 10, so when Peter and John went up to the temple, the gate beautiful, right? And the guy was asking for money. And what did Paul, uh, Peter and, and Paul do? They said, silver and gold I don't have, but such as I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And 
the man got up and he started walking. Now I want you to think about something. This happened, what, sometime after Jesus' resurrection. He must have walked, he, Jesus, must have walked past that man a thousand times. He'd gone past that gate. He saw the man. He was there from birth. But he never laid a hand on him. He never touched him. The man never got healed until Paul and Peter walked by him. Timing. God's timing is, is as important as his word. It really is. Now, Linda and I, I mean, I've had 13 years of suffering. Linda's had 10. And we're still not healed. We've progressed, but we're still not healed. But I'll tell you something. My healing, my medicine, for what it's worth, I'm looking at. All you people are my medicine and my healing. I never felt so good during the week, except when I come in here and I see your faces and hug your necks and you guys hug me. And, and there's a genuine, genuine love for the Lord and love for one another within this place. That's the first building block that God's done is love. But he wants to add healing to that. And the verse of scripture, I'll cut through all here. There's a verse of scripture that says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. That word compassion, I don't mean he, he had compassion. We see somebody who needs a few dollars worth. Oh, here's a couple of bucks. I believe he was broken. He was broken and what I feel, I'm going to jump around here like a spastic spider. Um, put it minus the legs. Um, I believe that God is calling a healing team here. Okay? So I want you to pray and ask God if he wants you on that team. Now, let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're old or if you're young. I pointed her because I still can remember sitting up here in a wheelchair with Manny, Pastor Ed, Arabella, and there's one other person up there. I don't remember who it was. She's the one I remember most because I'm sitting there in the wheelchair and I hear this little girl start praying. And as she's praying, all my leg was tingling. I could feel the feeling coming back in my leg. I left here without the wheelchair. Okay, and, and I only use a cane once in a while. My leg really hurts. So I know this little one has the gift. Whether God calls to it or not, I don't know. I know her mom has the same gift. She's got healing. And I know there's several people here that have that gift. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, old or young. The only thing that really matters is you have to be called by God and you have to have love for the person you're praying for. I'm not talking fantastic love. You may maybe a stranger. You can't, well, I can't pray for him. I don't even know him. How can I love this guy and I've never known him? No, the love that God puts in your heart for people that you're praying over. Uh, my pastor a while back, uh, some of you know him, Paul Bodman, known as Father PJ, Father Paul. He said, he said once, he says, when you're finished praying for someone and nothing seems to happen, doesn't mean it won't later on, but nothing seems to happen, the bottom line beneath it all is this. 
Did you love them? When you were praying for them, did you love them? You see, love for the person you're praying for may just be the best healing of all. So please pray on this. Ask God if the healing ministry is where he wants you. He might surprise you. He certainly did me years ago. It was a total surprise. So thank you for letting me share. And I turn it over to Pastor Red. I know you've got something going on. Um, as as Brother Mike was speaking to us, I, I kept thinking of chapter 9. I kept thinking of the story in John chapter 9 <laughs> where Jesus is walking with his disciples and as they're walking, they walk by a man who is sitting there blind. And so what do they do? They walk by him, but then they started talking about him. They started talking about the blind guy, like how, wrong, how messed up is that? <laughs> they said this, as they passed by, this is in verse 1, he saw a man blind from birth. And the disciples said to Jesus, who sinned? Did this man sin? Or did his parents sin? That caused him to be born blind. But Jesus answered, it wasn't that this man sinned, or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. See, God, <laughs> God is our healer. He makes us well. But not for nothing. Not just because when we need something, we run to him and say, Daddy, Daddy, I need, I need. He works in our lives and he brings healing for a purpose so that God will be glorified. This is the purpose of it all. The purpose of it all. And so if he wants us to go through life in one way and that glorifies him, so be it. And if he wants us to go through life in this way and that glorifies him, so be it. But one thing that we do know is that in the right time, every single person will realize that complete and full healing, both spiritually and physically. And if it's not in this life, then it will surely be in the next. Healing, healing is inevitable. Once you've come to faith in Christ, Healing is inevitable. It's irresistible. Even if it seems like it's postponed, where is it, God? I've been crying out to you, and there's no answer. Healing is inevitable. I'm telling you, as a brother in Christ, you will be healed. Be it today, be it tomorrow, be it when we're face-to-face -face before the Lord, you will be healed. Because he wants to heal you. But in the meantime, we can't forget and lose track of the fact that the most important thing to him is your heart. It's our heart condition. And so all these external things that we tend to look at because they affect our lives and these external things, they affect our level of comfort in life. So those are the things that our focus is on. Those are the things we pray for. God cares about those things, but he cares more about your heart. He wants you to be well on the inside. And this is why when he heals us, he heals from the inside out. 
He doesn't just bring this exterior healing just to make the surface look nice and pretty and you look better on the outside, but on the inside it's still a wreck. He cares more about this. And so the healing will take place. But his priority and the way he sees things is different from the way that we see things. He's looking here. And this is where he wants to heal. And when we look here and we can be honest with ourselves and reflect the things that we're dealing with, and now when we ask God for healing, we're asking in the name of Jesus. We're asking according to the perfect will of God, heal me, and it will be done. It will be done. Just like the, the word says when Jesus said, anything that you ask in my name, in other words, under my authority, the authority that I've given to you, if you ask it in my authority, it will be done. You know that God wants inner healing for your lives. And when we ask under the authority of God, heal my life on the inside, in the innermost parts, it will be done. It will be done. And so this morning, before we wrap up the service, I wanna, I'm going to ask the worship team to play one more song. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to invite anyone here who wants to pray for healing. If it's in the innermost places and place in your heart, we would love to pray with you. If it's for something other, we still would love to pray with you because the Lord uses these things to get to our heart. And he will be glorified. In this place and in our lives, he is glorified. So if you would like prayer, feel free to come, to, come forward to one of the sides or in the middle, and we'll love to pray for you. If you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. You can pray from where you are. But before you leave today, make sure you pull either Brother Mike or myself or, or Brother Manny. Pull one of us aside so that we can pray with you. We want to support you. We're constantly praying for every member of this congregation, but man would love to pray with you side by side by name. So if I, I would like to invite you to stand to your feet. And again, if you want prayer, come on forward and let's pray together.